of the things I love about the fact that we all get seasick is because people will say to us, oh, well, I can never do that because I get seasick. Uh -huh. And I love to like take those excuses away. Like, what, what other awesome thing are you not gonna do because there's a hard part? Welcome to Mindset Maker. I'm your host, Jaden Schaefer. Each week I interview mindset experts and discuss tools and research designed to help you unlock your mindset and improve your results. Today on the show, we interview Emily and Eric Orton, the authors of the book Seven at Sea. Eric originally worked on Broadway with some hit shows like Wicked before he eventually decided to branch out and start his own show which was a colossal failure. And to make matters worse, it failed the day before his fourth child was born. While many people would give up at this point, the Ortons decided that this was their moment to do perhaps their most ambitious plan yet. They were going to sail around the world with their family of seven. On the show, we dive into their incredible mindset, how they were able to accomplish this, and some of the lessons they learned along the way. I go for my sort of evening walk to sort of heal my soul. I go down along the Hudson River at night and I'm just walking back and forth and that's when I start to see these sailboats that are going up and down and I feel like there's something in that that would be restorative. That would be mm -hmm. like if I, you know, I felt so out of control of my, in my life in terms mm -hmm. of business and finance. I was like sailing a boat, yes there's weather and wind but it's like it would be just me and you know and ideally my family. Mm -hmm. I decided I wanted to learn how to sail. And I realized that the sailing school where all these boats were coming from was directly downstairs from where I worked. Okay. So I walked in, even though I felt completely out of place because I didn't grow up sailing. We were broke at this point. Um, and we didn't I, drink. It felt like there was like, yeah, after like you, you sail, to, everybody oh, gets together yeah. and drinks, you know? And we were it was like, like the oh. yacht clubs with all the rich people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Drinking. Exactly. You think about a yacht club. And now that we've been to a number of yacht clubs, you realize that it's just a, oh, yeah. you, that it's just a bunch of people who like sailing and a lot of them like drinking but right. so we felt I felt very out of place like this was not my crowd uh, but I was curious enough and Emily encouraged me so they said we can arrange a class for you but because of my weird work schedule they say you have to get a group of four together so that we can do it at a time that works for you okay and that's when I recruited Emily and our two oldest girls who were nine and eleven at the time and that's how our sailing began and it, yeah. just, it just grew from that it, it started to spread because he couldn't find anybody else. I really wanted it to just be something that he did, like, for himself, by himself. <laughs> because I was really scared of deep water. And I try to be supportive and, um, and, you know, try to be there. Like, it was their opening night, nine months pregnant. But I did not want to get on the water in that way. And um, one of the first things we learned in that class is that we all get seasick. Oh, um, nice. So I, one of the things I love about the fact that we all get seasick is because people will say to us, oh, well, I can never do that because I get seasick. Uh -huh. And I love to like, take those excuses away. I'm right. like, She's what, very mean. Like, what, what other awesome thing are you not going to do because there's a hard part? Right. You know? and, and so um, we, we learned to sail and we decided to go out without an instructor. And once again, it was just like a huge... <laughs> screw up like we Developed. got this little boat no motor even just and all our family now three kids who've never been on a boat and none of them really want to be there and they're all scared but um we went out there and 
we're just kind of like flopping around and kids are screaming. And <laughs> the worst is that um, this was in Tom's River, New Jersey, and some of the other people like on speedboats uh -huh. were literally pointing at us and laughing. So we knew they were <laughs> laughing at us. <laughs> it was like, put the things together. And we're like, I know what's going on here. Anyway, um, we... I just feel like that we had so many obstacles and uh -huh. we were just not good at any any parts of it from the get-go, but anytime you're going to um, learn something new, you always start from not knowing. Uh -huh. And so I love that we were able to like stick with it, persist, find small wins, and eventually we signed up for one of these clubs and we started going out as a family on these little boats just like three, four times a month, mm -hmm. and um, we really loved what that felt like. No cell phone, looking each other in the eyeballs, seeing oh. everybody gets a turn to steer. You see what happens to your kids when they're steering or they're navigating. It's mm -hmm. really, really cool. And so then Eric one day um, had this idea. It was pretty quiet in our apartment, and we all everyone's home all oh. the time because we uh, homeschool. Okay. And he said. I think the seven of us on a sailboat would be enough universe for me. And I was like... <laughs> got it. Apparently I had said the most romantic thing I'm ever going to say. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so I had all these crazy questions, but um, I was, I feel like, I don't know what kept me from asking them all in that moment. And I panic. Yeah, that I was like, well, like, well, how are we going to pay for it? What about friends and school clubs and, you know, all the stuff? And what about our apartment and medical? And, you know, are we have a child with special needs? You know, what about that? And and um, I didn't say any of that stuff. I just said, when do you want to go? And that's, I think that's the moment when it went from an idea to a goal because it suddenly had, like, this timeline, this definition. And it was like, I want to go for a year before our oldest leaves for school. And now the urgency kicks in. Mm -hmm. So... That's kind of... So that was when you decided, like, you have, you know, one year left and it's time to do it. So I feel like with, like, a lot of people, and I'm sure you're about to say this in your story, but, like, especially with entrepreneurs, a lot of people feel like this kind of experience is, like, the end goal. Like, someday when I finally have made it, I'm going to sell my business at 65 and I'm retire and go on a big sailing trip in my life. What do you say to those people about, like, you guys doing it now or choosing that as your time to go? I would say that's one way to do it, mm -hmm. but it's by no means the only way to do it because um, we know people who have done things that way where mm -hmm. they they build a business and they sell it for you know a big payout or they take their company public and they have kind of a windfall. Mm -hmm. And in fact, one of the families that we followed, because part of developing this idea was I would start to find blogs and YouTube videos uh -huh. of people, families that are living on boats. And one family, we're the Ortons, and I found this British family called the Nortons. Okay. And they were doing this thing, and we started to follow their journey, and he had just sold his business, and I don't think he was 65, but you know, <clears throat> they had four kids, yeah. and there was, there was a lot of affinity. And so they were doing it, that, and they had a lot of cash on hand, mm -hmm. and so they're throwing a big party that's like catered with a, you know, bouncy house and an ice cream truck, and they're <laughs> oh, custom okay. building their boat, and gotcha. they're doing, they're going all the way around the world. They had a lagoon. Um, they no, it was an oyster. Had, they actually had, like, yeah, yeah a monohull. Okay, yeah, it was a monohull oyster. And, um, and so I knew that ours wasn't going to look like that. Uh -huh. Our trip wasn't going to look like that. And yet I'm reading all these blogs, and one of the blogs that I read, and I don't think we've talked about this for a long time, was this couple, they had this fixer-upper boat that like, they had just like 
gotten out of a junkyard essentially, uh -huh. and the wife got cancer. Like they'd always dreamed of going to the Caribbean and sailing, and you know they had a little girl, but they kind of thought, oh, wait till later, and then she got cancer. Wow. And they said, okay, we don't have the luxury of time anymore. Mm -hmm. We have to do this now, or it's not going to happen. Right. And so they got the boat, and it was a modest boat, you uh -huh. know, but they got it in good enough shape to do the trip, and they sailed from New England down to the Caribbean and back, and they took nine months to do it. Uh -huh. And they did it on a shoestring, and they had the most amazing experience. And so you can do the, the version where you're going to build your custom yacht and have the ice cream truck, and you know you order all the gizmo bells and whistles for your mm -hmm. boat, and you stay at all the nice marinas, and you do all you know. You can do it the expensive way, mm -hmm. or you can do it the way that's going to happen mm -hmm. now. Right. And 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 so we, you know, in, I guess one moment that we joke about is we were in the Bahamas, and there was this mega yacht. There's this famous place called Thunderball Grotto, and there's other around the bend is kind of this place called Pig Beach, where they have the famous. Bahamian pigs that hang out on the beach and swim and okay. all the all the brochures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're I've not as cute yeah. in real life. Oh really? <laughs> They're scary in real life. <laughs> a little bit freaky. So there's this big mega yacht with like a, a like from like three stories tall and there's this slide in you know, like an inflatable slide that comes down the side for kids or adults or whoever wants to slide off the very third floor top floor of this uh -huh. mega yacht into the ocean. And we're there on a thirty eight foot catamaran, four cabins with our five kids, and we're kind of crammed in. We're the biggest family on the smallest boat out there. But we're looking at the same sunset. We're swimming in the same beautiful water. We're enjoying right. the same breeze. We're running and, away from the same pigs. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess back to your original question of, you know, the traditional model is, yeah, you build a business, you work, and then you hit retirement. My question is, what if you don't have all those years? Mm -hmm. We, I know that in the course of my life, I have a finite window when my kids are with me. Totally, yeah. I plan to make my big money after my kids are gone. Mm -hmm. Because this is a treasure and a time that is only for now. Totally. And our youngest is 11. Yeah. And so in seven years, that window is closed. Right. No matter what, no matter how much, no matter how much money I make in year eight, and no matter how free to go I am, my kids are gone. Right. And they might come back, but they might have a husband, or they might be working on a degree, or they might, you know, they might just be somewhere else, and they're going to run their own lives. But we, for us, we want to do this with our kids, and so to do that, we chose to do it lean. And and I've hung out with and read and talked with enough people that that believe in the mini retirement. Mm -hmm. So you know, take off a few years, right? Do your thing, do it on a shoestring, go back to work. Yeah, we think that it has to be this one continuous thing of job continuity, you know, you don't want to have any holes in your resume, when in fact, we found that I had this big gaping hole where I disappeared for a year and went sailing, and everyone's really excited whenever they come across that. You know, if totally. I'm applying for a job, totally. that's what they want to talk about, is when it's I true. wasn't working. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm rambling on a little no, bit. No, big there. Tim Ferriss concept there, too. He talks about that a lot in his book. It's, yeah. you know, why would you, why would you spend the best years of your life working when you can have the option to go on and off and take those maybe vacations throughout the whole thing. For you guys, like, what was your, like, what, I don't know, motivated you or made you guys want to do, like, a full year, you know? Because some people are like, oh, like, we'll go for a month or two, we'll rent out a boat or something. What made you, like, hey, we're buying a boat, 
we're going for a year, we're like doing the big trip. Well, I can say what I think it yeah. was, and then maybe you can correct me, and that would be fun for us. <laughs> <laughs> like the newlywed game. She's always right. Um, well, I think, like, to answer the last question is like, what is your wealth? So uh-huh. you ask that question, like, what is your wealth? And is it presumptuous to assume you'll have time and health in your mm-hmm. future? Because a lot of people presume that, and what we saw as we looked around was like, well, what happened to their knees? Or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the physical ability wasn't there, even though the money and the desire was there. Like, you have to have the money, desire, and the ability to be able to do some of those um, dreams. And there's just no guarantee. And we thought, well, what if we do it now? And then we're still able to later, we'll do it again. You know, right. we're not going to, totally. but we don't want to miss this chance with our, with our kids. And I feel like um, we wanted to go for a chunk because we really wanted to experience living that way. We, I think we originally anticipated covering a much longer distance. Um, we just did like 2,500 miles. We, went, we learned that you actually go really slow. And we didn't, we didn't know that when we started. We were like, we're going to go here and here and there and there, you know, and... And so there was a lot we had to, we had to learn, which which we're glad that we got to learn. But also, just financially speaking, um, some of the facts were like we tried to buy uh, like an inexpensive boat, mm-hmm. but it was old and it was custom, and nobody wanted to insure it because there were no comparables. So what mm. they wanted is something newer, mass produced, you know, right. insurable, more expensive. More expensive. And so we um, actually were like, let's buy a more expensive boat because part of our exit strategies were then going to sell it. And the person right. who buys it is going to also need to be able to get right. the insurance and mm-hmm. the loan or, or whatever to get a mortgage on the boat. Um, so, that's a, so that was part of it. And we thought we did like we could have rented a boat for a couple of months and I think it would have cost us the same by just renting somebody else's boat as if we got to spend like this whole time because we bought it, used it as much as we wanted, and then sold it at the end. And we also had the opportunity to extend, right? Like we could have chosen to stay out longer. Um, that was a big question in, in the book that we wrote, which way we were gonna go. Um, but that's part of why I think we did it. We would, I think we, we would have liked to have stayed out longer, but in the end, um, it finished exactly the way it was supposed to. Well, I, I think, uh, in fairness, yeah, we in the book we talk all about how we bought the boat, and if uh-huh. people want numbers, all the numbers are in there. Cool. Okay. What's the name it. of your book, by the way? It's called Seven at Sea. Seven at Sea. Okay. And yeah, sevenatsea.com is where you can get all the information. Okay, we'll try to put a link to the, in the bio to the yeah. YouTube video. So, uh, in fairness, we had eased up to this year by doing longer and longer trips uh-huh. because. I would say, oh, you know, like, like, you know, I, I kind of stepped away from the theater and, and entertainment industry for a while, but I had this script and it was being turned into a movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, you know, I had my sort of stable banking job mm-hmm. that w- I called it my disposable job. And okay. I think every job, should, keep it, every keep job it. should be considered disposable oh, yeah. because yeah. that is not why we're, why, why we're here on the earth. Right. Um, and so I had my disposable job, but I also had this thing that I really cared about that was going into production. And I said, well, and then a friend, one of my work colleagues took off a few months to go to Europe to tour. He had a dance company mm-hmm. and, and then he like disappeared for three months and was touring Europe with this dance company. And he came back and I was like, where did you go? He's like, I got a leave of absence. And I was like, tell me more, you know? <laughs> and he said, you know, they didn't pay me during that time. They kept my, my medical benefits in place. I was like, I want to try that. 
so I was like, you know, my show is going into production. I said, can I have a leave of absence? And they said, okay. okay. <laughs> so I was like, this is awesome. You know, they didn't pay yeah. me, but I was getting some money for the show. And so financially, we, we came out a little ahead, you know. Uh -huh. um, and so that was two months. And then um, a friend of ours who has, ha you know, she has rental properties in Cape Cod. And nothing happens in Cape Cod after uh -huh. Labor Day. Okay. And so she's like, they're just sitting there empty. I'm not going to close them down until like October. So if you and your family want to go... They're just sitting there. And she was a broader producer friend of mine. And so we're like, let's do it. And so we were taking, you know, we'd go for a month or uh -huh. two, and eventually two months. And so we were doing these trips. And we found that by stepping out of this flow of normal work and routine and earning money, that we started to, as we kind of like, it's like being on the freeway and you pull off over to the side. And you can pull off over to the side or you can get off at a rest stop or you can just get off and just go a whole different way. Mm -hmm. And we just found that it's, the more we got off this freeway, the more our, our, our minds started to open up to different possibilities and different ways of living, different ways of thinking about money, different ways of earning. And so we actually believe that it's important to go for long periods of time because you have to really extract yourself from... There have been years and years of subconscious influence that, mm -hmm. that shape how we perceive ourselves and the world and how things function and when you're able to completely step out of that and look around while everything else is moving and you're standing still then you really get to decide whether you think this is the best way could it be another way is this what I want for me and the, I think the longer the period of time the better the opportunity for assessment mm -hmm. Min minimum sure. three days I would say like, yeah for your brain to a actually a long weekend is the best place to start, start. <laughs> then, a week, then a week and then a month and then a quarter and then you know and a I year and I say one of the best things that changed for us is in the beginning you were always looking for a career path you were always like oh I need a, I need a career path or what's the next move and what's my resume going to look like? And when we stopped caring about the resume and just started worrying about the obituary, things got really interesting and the work got more interesting. And we were like, when I die, will a cool movie flash before my eyes? You know, will I be like, excited to see the, the, movie, of my life. the movie of my, of my life? And um, yeah, so a lot of things will come along and disrupt you. And this this trip was one of the ones that we just chose. Like, we want to disrupt ourselves. We think it will make us stronger as a family. We were both turning 40 that year, and we really felt like this was going to be like an intermission where we mm -hmm. reassessed everything. And 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 the subtitle of our book um, is like, Why a New York City Family Cast Off Convention for a Life-Changing Year on a Sailboat. And I didn't want to just like throw that term around for hype. Like, it changed right. our lives, because we went in we went in scared, mm -hmm. right? We went in hoping our philosophy was right. We hoped time was more valuable than money. You know? right. We hoped that making our kids our reason to go rather than an excuse not to go and you know, was going to pay off with family um, memories. We, we hoped we would learn things about ourselves and shift and change, um, but we didn't, know, we didn't know what that gap was going to look like, how people would respond how we were going to earn money again. And so um, it's fun to talk about it now and be like, oh yeah, don't worry about the gap because definitely we're on the other side. Right? Yeah, I'm telling you, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay um, on the other side. But uh, but we, we came through it and we were like, wow, we learned so much that I wouldn't trade for anything. Like, first of all, good memories are the only investment guaranteed to always increase in value over time. Mm -hmm. And... 
um, we learned, well, we had three kinds of confidence for us. First, I'll say what the kids learned. Our 15-year-old at the time said, well, I learned to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. What else do I want to give my kid who's That's going out into the world? Yeah, right? for real. <laughs> and um, our 17-year-old at the time said, I don't think it changed who I am, but I think it made me more myself. Again, those two things. Um, for us, we felt the three kinds of confidence were the confidence that comes from competence, like just from learning a new skill, whatever it is, wherever you are. Mm -hmm. um, credibility, because we did what we said we were going to do, and I think even if we fell flat on our face, we, you know, we, we, we decided amongst ourselves that if we never recovered from this risk, we would always be glad we did it. So we just went. Super cool. And then the last was that we learned along the way that things would emerge. There was always some problem coming up that we didn't know the answer to, but as we got closer to it, just like getting closer to an island, which we did over and over again, the details start to fill in, and um, we were able to solve the problem as we went. And so that's a kind of confidence that lets you know you can just get moving, mm -hmm. and, and you don't have to have control. So like you said in the beginning, that living on a boat, you felt like, oh, I'm out of my life over here is beyond my control, and if I live on a boat, like I'll have more control. And actually, it was just us as the decision makers, which is the kind of control maybe you were referring to, but we learned a lot about just forget about control. In general. <laughs> and now you are empowered, you know. Oh. And it's 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 so hard but when you live it every single day, you're like, okay, all right. And so since the boat, um, we do not burn very much energy worrying, but we try to put it all into like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder what's going to come up. I'm curious how we're going to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. And it's, there's more mental clarity and emotional stamina. Yeah, worry has become wonder mm -hmm. and curiosity rather than worry and anxiety. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Mindset Maker. If you want more powerful tools for improving your mindset through positive affirmations, visualization, and meditation, go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download the Self-Pause app. Self-Pause lets you write and record your own personal affirmations based on your goals. Self-Pause has hundreds of different affirmation meditation sessions on topics from finances to relationships to stress to sleep. We are excited to see you over on the Self-Pause app. Until next time, have a great week.